When I started my experiment, I thought four broken bird brains who will believe everything I tell them. This will be a breeze. You beat me in three months. Okay, fine, I thought, a fluke. You then beat me 800 more times. Because human beings, it turns out, are weird. And I will never truly understand what it's like to be one. This is a job for a human. One who's tough, but also empathetic, and has a big heart, and a world-class bullshit detector. You think you can't do this? Eleanor, you're the only one who can do this. Like it or not, the only one who can save humanity is a girl from Arizona. But everything I do blows up in my face. I'm like a hot, blonde, wily coyote. That's true about you making lots of mistakes, not the thing where you sexualize the cartoon. After what feels like a thousand years slumber, finally, the time knife is awoken. We're back, we're here. It's time. That was me awakening from my thousand year slumber. Yes, we haven't. We haven't recorded an episode of The Good Place in so long because Steven's just been so sweepy. <laughs> it's been a long time. I'm really excited. I'm jazzed. I'm rejuvenated. We took a long break over the holidays, just dropping stuff when we can. And it's been a long time since we've talked about The Good Place. I don't know how long it's been since we recorded the first half of the episode we're about to talk about. At least a month, right? Has it been a... It's been I at least a I think it's been a weeks. calendar month. It's Since been a we long recorded, time. I can tell you here in a second. I'll fact check it. It's Catch been a the while. people up to speed for a second while I fact check us. Yeah, you know, I was a, I was a sicky boy for a while. I, Me too. I was down for the Ugh. count. I, I couldn't record, and and it was sad. I just had to sit and look at look through my Zach photo album. Missed him dearly. But you know, the holidays passed. I, it's been a good time. I am proud to announce to the world because I don't think I had done this yet that I did hit the time skip in one piece. And then I was also sick and at home, so I finished the Fishman Island arc, which is the, the the first arc of the second half of the show. So, yeehaw! According to my calculations, the episode of The Good Place that we last talked about, the first half of A Girl from Arizona, we recorded that on December 4th. Damn! So, so almost a full a month. month. That's Holy crazy. Shit. But we're back and I'm revitalized. I'm rejuvenated. I got all the most of the mucus out of my body. There's still some mucus pouring out of yeah. my body. But if it's I a new year. It, the be. holidays are behind us and now we can finally look forward into what I think well I know is going to be a really big year for Into the Time Knife because it's the year that we wrap this bad boy up. Yeah, we were not done wrapping our gifts yet cuz we've got to put a bow and uh, okay, stick on you. nameplate yeah. on the side of this bad boy. Stick under the tree. Shake it around a little bit. Uh, it was, as soon as you're like, hey, is that one for me? I'm like, oh, no, You're no, losing no. me. 
You had me. You lost me. Everybody, I'm so <laughs> glad you've joined us. Thank you for coming back to hang out with us here on Into the Time Knife. I'm Zach, and I hope you join me for this podcast. I hope you shower first, but I hope you join me. <laughs> and I'm Squirtman, a.k.a. Steven. Is that from the episode? Squirtman is, is mentioned. I don't remember a Squirtman. Do you remember the oh, context? Yeah, Brett's like asking when he's like, oh, I should be oh, in a better place. Like, bros. where's this Where guy? Guys? Where's, where's okay. Squirtman? Shaking off the rust a little. Did you even see what we're talking about this week, Zach? Did you watch the right episode? Well, before we can talk about what we watched this oh. week and before we can answer these questions, we've got to shout out our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast those people of course are mary baker budisa danny m lugo justin fortier lil s haker and autumn marsh the gang's all here the gang's all here napkin thank you to them and all of our other patrons over patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast go check it out and see all the stuff we're doing there every single week uh 2024 is in full session so you're gonna get the basement back you're gonna get all kinds of stuff over on the Patreon this year. It's a good time to mm. sign up. There's more than coal in our stocking. Steven, it's been a while. I'm sure we've both done yeah. a lot. We've both seen a lot. We've both lived a lot mm-hmm. in the calendar it's months true. since we've last truly recorded an episode of Into the Time Knife. And I feel like whenever it's time for us to record and start talking about those things, I just draw a blank. Yeah, I like the, I'll, I'll do stuff, and this is not because I think highly of you, mm-hmm. or I like you, or like I I've genuinely want to share this. stuff. This is content. It's What's happening to me right now is monetary. content. Yes, but sometimes like, oh, I'm, I'm excited to talk to Zach about this thing. It's gone. And well, I have one thing that I have to talk to Great. you about, Zach, because when this happened, I was like, Zach is going to eat this shit up. Yes. Daddy's hungry. Because this is exactly in. the type of anime bullshit. Oh, lost that me. I'm out. I know. I know. You're gone. I'm out. But I'll bring it back in. It, to quote on, the Naked Brothers the, Band hit song, the... <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> in the hit, the breakout 2023 mm-hmm. anime, mm-hmm. your hundred, my hundred girlfriend, or sorry, the hundred girlfriends that really, 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 mm-hmm. really love you. I had talked to you a little bit about this show, Zach. The, the guy mm-hmm. was like, the the god of love fucked up. He has 100 soulmates. If he doesn't date them, they'll die. And it's so when he meets them. It's a good place adjacent, kind of. Right, yeah, thing. exactly. So one of his soulmates is one of his girlfriend's fucking mom. And it's like a whole fucking thing because the girl's like, what the fuck? That's like weird. And the mom's like, Oh, well, but it's okay, because when the mom was 13, her one true love was terminally ill, so mm-hmm. she had the doctors steal some of his spunk and then artificially inseminate her so she could give birth to a this baby. This is a classy podcast. Don't say spunk. <laughs> Six minutes in, we're talking so spunk. So she's only 13 years older Jesus. than this 16-year-old boy, so it's not that bad that they kissed, right? Yeah, but we weren't talking kiss. <laughs> well, you well, said they, spunk. No, 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 no. When she no. was 13, she got mm. the spunk. She's currently dating her 16-year-old daughter's 16-year-old boyfriend. That's not different from what I thought. That's... Yeah. <laughs> you know. So what's worse, that uh-huh. or Jennifer Lawrence agreeing to fuck a 19-year-old for 
a Buick. But if we're just looking numbers, 13 versus 19 is a world sure. of difference. Well, he's 16 and she's 29. I want to be surprised that this is the one thing over mm-hmm. a month that you thought I would be interested <laughs> in. I want to be surprised, but I'm not. It just sounds about right. That's just how it goes. I watched like four movies yeah. in like over 150 episodes of anime, but the thing I want to talk about are the is two episodes where the 16-year-old, 13-year-old gets spunk? to date is a mom. You... Or 16-year-old spunk. Well, it's 13-year-old spunk that made the Mm-mm. now 16-year-old whose nope. boyfriend is dating her mom. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a no uh, for you on the 100 girlfriends uh, that really, 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 really Welcome to you. the show. Why don't we just get in and talk about The Good Place? What do you think? <laughs> Did that kill your buzz of all your exciting yeah. news? Yeah, my boner is gone. I got to get it back up thinking about The Good Place. you just want to rush through this so you place. can go watch it. Yeah, I, I've got to check this out. <laughs> Today we're talking about season four, episode two of The Good Place. It's chapter 41, A Girl from Arizona, part two. Finally, after many weeks, we're following up on part one and getting all the way into part two of A Girl from Arizona. I said this before we started recording to you. I think of all The Good Place two-parters to take a break between parts one and two. This one is the most that feels like two separate episodes. This works totally fine as one episode, I think. Totally. This episode was directed by, for the last time in the series, Drew Goddard. He directed the series premiere, Everything from is Jimmy Fine. From Jimmy Neutron? I guess, yes, I the dog before. from Jimmy Neutron. He did the first episode, he did Dance Dance Resolution, and he did both parts of A Girl from Arizona. That's a really good showing for yeah. only doing a few episodes of the show. And as we're seeing some of these names for the last time, I want to talk about what they'll go on to do. He directed a film in 2018 that I wanted to see. He also wrote it. I wanted to see this movie. I have not seen this movie. It's called Bad Times at the El Royale. Do you hear about oh, this Oh, I movie? heard of that. Yeah. He wrote and directed this movie, and it's got a great stacked... What's the word? Cast? Ensemble cast. Ooh. No, I, I wasn't forgetting the word cast. It has <laughs> Jeff Bridges. It has Cynthia Erivo. It has Dakota Ooh. Johnson. It has John Hamm. It has Chris Hemsworth nice. and tons of other people. Maybe it's something I should check out. But that's the big the thing, the big calling cast. card on Drew Goddard's history since leaving The Good Place as it ended in 2019, 2020. And the episode was co-written by Andrew Law and Cassia Miller, who are both getting their final credit here on The Good Place. Andrew Law previously wrote What's My Motivation, Existential Crisis, Don't Let the Good Life Pass You By, and Part 1 of A Girl from Arizona with Cassia Miller. After The Good Place, Andrew Law went on to write a great episode of Season 2 of Aquafina is Nora from Queens on Comedy nice. Central. I know you're not big on Aquafina, so every time I don't time hate I've... Aquafina. But you don't love her. I don't know how I feel. I feel like right. I'm supposed to not like her, but I, I find her charming. The but way I feel like that I'm not you supposed feel to like about her. her, I think, has kept you from really thinking about checking out Aquafina is Nora from mm-hmm. Queens. One reason that you should check it out is because one of the funniest supporting characters is played by Bowen Yang, who is hilarious I like in the show. And, Yang. and the episode of that show that Andrew Law wrote is an episode that focuses on Bowen Yang's character Edmund, and he's so funny. And that episode's really funny. So I, I got would recommend into an argument with my mom over Bowen Yang. about Bowen Yang. Why? You're watching SNL, and I said, I like Bowen Yang. And she's like, well, I feel like he always plays the same character on SNL. And I said, it's not his fault. He doesn't that's write so every many skit. Peop- but that's so many people. Yeah. You know, so many people on SNL just, like, I think mm-hmm. of, 
Oh, like Mikey Day always kind of yeah, plays the Mikey same Day's guy. Always the same Beck thing. Bennett always kind of played the same guy, mm-hmm. but they're good at it. Yeah. Kyle Mooney. I like Kyle I'm, Mooney. I'm I'm pro, but Kyle Mooney was just in a movie I saw. Which one? Was he in No Hard Feelings? Yeah, he played the It's been a nanny. second since I've seen it, I forgot. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, he was funny. That has like a weird close relationship with the boy. <laughs> yeah, I mm-hmm. remember that. One of my favorite podcasts, I've said it before, is Office Hours with Tim Heidecker. And for mm-hmm. their Christmas episode, Kyle Mooney was the guest. And they just had this hilarious back and forth. Like, I bet that was funny. So hard. It was really funny. Also, Andrew Law, outside of that episode, he wrote two episodes of season one of a show called Hacks. Season one and season two, he wrote episodes of Hacks. I haven't watched it, but I know that's a show that people like and talk yeah. about. Meanwhile, Cassia Miller, this is her last writing credit. She previously wrote A Fractured Inheritance, which was a great nice. season three episode, and co-wrote A Girl from Arizona, part one with Andrew Law. Outside of The Good Place, since The Good Place, she wrote one episode of the Peacock McGruber show. Hell yeah. One I episode it, of I like, I like the skit. The After Party. Have you heard about The After Party? I have. Heard I think it's of Apple TV. Party. Sam Richardson's in it. Mm-hmm. It seems like a really funny show. I think Ken Jong's in it as well. Oh, and cool. most importantly, she wrote one episode of Pitch Perfect colon Bumper in Berlin. Bumper in Berlin. Saw a lot of ads for that show. Yes, yeah, so I remember last year. Adam Devine and Flula Borg were on a Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade float to advertise it. And Sarah Hyland, I think she was in that show, too. Yeah, nice. A modern family reunion for the two of them. Sure. Mm-hmm. This episode of The Good Place Deep originally cut. aired on October 3rd, 2019. So we're going to go back to 2019 and talk about the number one movie and the number one album on October 3rd, 2019. <laughs> First, we'll talk about the number one movie. This is a DreamWorks film that is Prince of Egypt on the list. 2019 is the year. Joseph King of Dreams. It's a number one movie, and it's pretty low on the list of recognizable DreamWorks film. Mm. And let's think of a cold atmosphere. Is it an Ice Age movie? No. I said one uh, of the less the recognizable bad, the bad, DreamWorks films. Bad film. Guys? Was that DreamWorks? No, that has nothing to do with cold. Uh, it was DreamWorks, though, I think. The the Good Dinosaur? That was no, Pixar. No, that's Pixar. I'm going to stop you. I didn't give a good hint, but I don't really know how to give a better hint. I don't know if you know this movie. It's called Abominable. Zendaya was in this movie. That's the only no, reason I, I know it exists. No, I think that's a different one, actually. No fucking way. I think, I think several <laughs> studios have done... Like Yeti ice monster movies because this one stars oh, Eddie Izzard, Sarah Paulson, Chloe Bennett, and Albert Sai. Chloe Bennett, she from uh, is she on SNL? Couldn't tell you. I don't think so. Do you say Sai like Gangnam Style? T S A I. Albert Sai. Oh, I thought just Sai like oh no, yes, Gangnam Style. Sai. So Eddie Izzard's the big pull then here. Let me Google Abominable and I'm gonna give you like a tagline. I don't think I've, this movie was number one in the yes. nation. After discovering a Yeti on the roof of her apartment building, teenage wow. Yi and her two friends embark on an epic quest Yee? to reunite the magical creature with his family. So it is kind of like Ice Age. But to do so, they must stay one step ahead of a wealthy financier and a, nice. and a determined zoologist who want to capture the beast for their own Gain. That's abominable. Ooh. So you don't know this movie at all, do you? Not even a. I've never heard of this existence. So you're just totally going 
off the seat of your pants to think about. I what am. I'm gonna trust the heart of the cards of here. this movie. What do you think? Rotten Tomatoes. The critics over Rotten Tomatoes gave abominable. The number the one critics, movie of October. You know, 3rd, if it was number one in the nation, I bet the critics they're like, "Ooh, I'm gonna stick it to to big Disney." So I'm gonna I'm gonna Not bump Disney. up. I know. Oh, they're the DreamWorks. Okay, so they're okay. gonna bump they're up the DreamWorks okay. play. So I'm gonna give it a fifty-three percent. It is higher. Whoa, are they sitting at a 64? This movie has a surprisingly high Rotten Tomatoes critic rating of 82%. Holy fuck. That's really high. So with that in mind... Now, does, it, is it, does it have like four reviews? <laughs> well, I'm. Sh- it was the number one movie in the nation, Steven. Sure. What do you think the audience over Rotten Tomatoes thought of Abominable based on the 82 critics? 76? Steven, I will tell you the audience score for Abominable is higher than the critic score of 82%. Is it an 84? It is 95%. What the fuck? Do we need to watch Abominable? That's what I thought exactly when I took these notes and wrote this down. I was like, Abominable? What's that? Then I looked up. This is like, shit, do I need to watch Abominable? Let's go over to Letterboxd to see if they say we should watch yeah. Abominable. 82 critics, 95 audience of the Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think Letterboxd is at? It's out of 100 at a percentage. 4.1? It's oh, out of sorry. 100 at a percentage. Of 82? It is a meager score compared to the 82 oh, and 95 so maybe, on Rotten maybe Tomatoes. Maybe they're sitting at like a 58? It's a little bit higher at 64%, which is about what I would think of a movie like this. Yeah. Wonder why Rotten 95, Tomatoes. 82 over Rotten Tomatoes. Do we need to watch Abominable? Maybe. Let us know if you've seen Abominable. Yeah, if we d- should watch write it. us. The Abominable film community. Please uh, give us your, your deets. Tell us if we should watch this. The number one album this week was an album we the talked about before. From... If you remember, Hollywood's Bleeding by Post Malone. We oh, talked I like about this, this album. Before. So we're going to talk about bleeding. the number Sometimes two bad, album. Like this is an album by a, a folk pop rock band that had a few hits that isn't Mumford and Sons, but if you squinted, you could you could be confused that mm. they were. We got some Mumford Lumineers action on here. The Lumineers. Mm-hmm. Do you know what their 2019 album would be called? Well, it's not Ho Hey. Uh, hey Ho? No, it's three, three in a Roman numeral. Three by the wow. Lumineers. Are the Lumineers really bad? <laughs> the hit song on this album was <laughs> Gloria. Gloria. I kind of know this song. I I know how they sing the word like, Gloria, and that's it. I like a lot of music, Zach. And I listen to music that most people would say is is not like pleasing. to. Like I listen to like breakbeat. I'll throw on some jungle shit sometimes. Okay. You know, I think the not Lumineers are Lumineers. not great. And Mumford and Sons has some redeeming qualities. No, I think I Lumineers. I don't like either band, but I think I'd be more interested in the Lumineers than Mumford and Sons mm. personally. But I'm not very interested in either of them. I saw what a video Zach that Ophelia, you've been on my mind, girl, since the flood. Was that, that the Lumineers? Fun. Uh, that might be that might be Mumford and Sons. I don't know. Well, oh, wait, are Mumford and Sons? Hey, brother. Yeah, but the, I'm more known a little like Lion that. Man. That, yeah, I've been trying to buy, buy, buy. boom. Oh no, that's okay, okay. isn't it? No, that's hit. Now we're back to the Lumineers, who had the number two album this week. Three. Oh, I do like that song. 
It's fine. With lead single like Gloria. We're going to talk about Metacritic and rate your music. Metacritic gave this album a score out of 100. You might think the Lumineers are bad. Do you think Metacritic agrees with you? No, I think Metacritic might like them more than I do. By how much out of 100? 60, even. It's higher. Ooh. 65. We're talking even. a 72 out of 100 for three wow, by the maybe Lumineers. Wow, check out Roman numeral three by the Lumineers and see if I After like it. After you check out Abominable. Yeah, that's next on the list. Rate your music. I translated it to out of 100. This is the letterboxed of music. They can be a little mm. snobbier. Do you think they're more on your side of the fence with the Lumineers? Yes. Or are they closer to the 72 Metacritic? As a snobby person myself, I'm going to say that Rate Your Music mm-hmm. gave it a crisp 50. Point. It's higher. Ooh. Higher than the Metacritic score? No. 63? 60% even. Oh, that's what I Lumineers. said it for the first one. For Abominable, Fuck. I think. No, I, I said, said that just for now Abominable. For... Oh, did I? I don't know. Who could tell? We just did the segment. It's done. I already track. forgot it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So let's so check out Abominable and maybe Roman numeral three discussion by the Lumineers. Of three when by the Lumineers. Of The Girl from Arizona <laughs> Part Two, starting with one of my favorite segments that we do here every week. He's had a long break from having to do this. It's time to find out for A Girl from Arizona Part Two. Did Steven watch the episode this week? That worked out syllable wise. That tells me there's too many syllables in that chorus. <laughs> How are you feeling about part two? Do you think you're going to be able to tell me everything I crave out of a 20 second recap? So I watched this episode a month ago. Twice. <laughs> yeah, same. Same. Because I was like sick and yes. and it was all a blur. We were going to I record. It. it didn't happen. Yeah. That's when we recorded the Christmas special. Mm-hmm. And then we were going to record again. Yes. And I was, also and I was even more sick. I just kept getting progressively sicker until of like me. Christmas. And then it started getting slightly better. And then I watched it again today. And it was kind of like a fever dream where I was like watching the episode. And I knew everything that was happening and that was about to happen. Did it make you but feel sick again? I don't know if again? I could tell you anything about Wow. Oh, oh, oh I, feel, I feel something coming on. Oh, we got to cancel. Can't record. Sorry. Got to. Cut the, cut the cord, cut the cord. Well, before we cut the cord, you've got 20 seconds on the <laughs> clock. Are you ready, Steven? Yes, I think. <laughs> I'm going to go for it, Zach. I have no okay. idea what this is going to be like, but we're going to go for yeah. it. Let's see. Okay, on go. Three, two, one, go. Chidi is now the fourth member of the experiment, and Eleanor doesn't like it. She's kind of freaking out about things, but they know they've got to get Brett to be a better person, so they make him know that he doesn't belong there by restaging the chaos sequence, but he thinks that, yeah, I don't belong, I belong somewhere better, so they convince him that he does. Then Eleanor gets bragged on by the gang because she's not doing a good job. Stop. Janet breaks up with Jason. Ah, no. I didn't get that, yeah. You spent way too much mm-hmm. time on the Brett thing. I would have rather you spent that much time on the gang being anti-Eleanor. Mm-hmm. I, I would have liked something about like Michael and Eleanor's third act kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You did not get Janet breaks up with Jason. And even if you had, that was a, a, a tagged on yeah. mention. I think that was pretty poor of a showing for the first time back in a, in a month how bad do I think it was? I think that was in the C range, and I think 
I don't know, man. I think I'm going to give you a C minus. Okay, I think that's that's fair. I agree it's in the C range, somewhere in that spectrum. Doesn't matter if you agree or not. That's what you get. Let's move on to some trivia. I've only got six questions for you this week. Whoa! You got I, like 25. Well, I originally had like eight, but now I've upped it a little that's bit. Not that's not enough. A, it's plenty. Eight, eight, eight would have been plenty. What's the show? Eight is enough? Isn't that a show? Don't know. I'm sure John there was Kate a show plus called Eight, eight is enough. enough. Yeah, guys, come on. Comment down below. Smack that fucking How many is enough? Let us know. Should we watch Abominable? How many is enough? <laughs> What's John and Kate up to? Charles in charge? All right, well, I'll go first. I know that one. Where was Brent born? On third base. Yes, I, I would have for? also accepted one other answer, but I wrote on third base originally, and then he uh-huh. like says some shit later on. What does but he yes, say later? What's base. the other answer? Uh, he grew up in Chicago. Oh. Yeah, that part I wouldn't have gotten. Also, but... what the fuck does that mean he was born on third base? I have... I understand sports... I've got no fucking clue what that means. Nobody says that. Nobody's like, oh, I, don't I love know. baseball. I was born on third base. I can just feel like in one conversation, him saying, someone being like, this person stole third, and him being like, third, I was born on third. <laughs> Who's on third? It's kind of dumb. I figured you it would make perfect sense because it's a sports thing, and I yeah, don't nobody get it. Says, so I just that'd be like Zach, me saying, ah, I was, I was born at the 10-yard line. Uh, at, like a football thing that'd be nobody says that i was i don't born know the way you're the, saying it though it kind of sounds like a i was born ready type well brag. but like some okay so you've heard like oh he was born with a mic in his hand or he was born on the I dance was. floor yes. yeah that's both of those <laughs> me both of those yeah uh i don't know i don't don't think i think that was written by somebody who thinks ah he's a sports guy he would say this it was written by someone like me who doesn't really know <laughs> My first question for you, whom saved all the ducks? What's her name? Carol? Nope. Try different end of the alphabet, uh, about the same number from beginning or end. Veronica. No, it's Wanda. Oh, shit. I counted wrong. I couldn't think of any W names. Well, I think it would be X if we were going A to B, because sure. A, B, C, Z, Y, so X. So I shot by two. Yeah, xylophone. <laughs> Z- Xenon. All right, well, you overshot, but go ahead and keep shooting all over me. Hey, yo, how many generations of Princeton man are in Brent's family? I earned my spot like my father and his father before me. So three? He's the third? You got it. You got it. Okay. He's a third generation Princeton man. You're two for two, Zach. What does Michael say Jason thinks every problem can be solved by? Throwing a Maltov cocktail. And it and doing Molly? No, there's two more. And you've got neither of them? No. Molotov cocktail and slashing tires or Mm -hmm. plunging Derek. Plunging Derek. Mm -hmm. How much did Brent buy Netflix stock for? That's a good question. And I don't Mm. know if I'm going to pull it out. I don't know how low it was. My two guesses are either in like the $12 range or in like the $30 range, but I'm going to... One of those is... Right? One of those is the right range. $32. $38. Okay. You're clear. You're, but I went with the right it. side. Yeah, you went with the right side. It's been so long that I forgot to mention this, and I've already like... Before this, I had like a two or three week run of getting every trivia question right. You did really well. That has ended with that question, I believe. Mm-hmm. 
I'm so proud of you, Zach. Thank I you. That was a good run. That was like my yeah, best run of the entire the, series. There was one episode where you like got like all, twelve like, questions, and yeah, some of them were hard. And I I heard Danny listen to that episode, and it was very impressive. I was nice. proud of you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. My next question for you: What are the names of Brent's guys? And you didn't even fucking remember Squirt Man? No, I didn't. Because I wrote these questions a month ago. A month ago. I did watch the episode today, but... Stinky Pete. No. Charlie Charlie Throttle. Uh -uh. Wow. How about Uh, before you keep making up shit, why don't you actually try? Why don't you actually give a fuck and actually try, you piece of shit? This is me trying. uh, Oh. Groper. No. Um... Sir Think about William some race-based humor. Squint man. <laughs> I don't. I, I'd like to. I'd like our black, bookkeeper black to to cut squint man. I mean, we say some fucked up shit, but I think that one specifically might might get us like kicked off YouTube. You're not allowed to be racist anymore with the woke mind virus. You can't be racist anymore. They're taking all the fun stuff away from us white men, aren't they, Steven? Yeah, they are. Uh, black guy. I'm just gonna. You black don't Tony. guess anymore. Black, Stop black guessing. Marshall. No. Stop talking. <laughs> We've got Scotty. We've got Schultzy. We've got Porcupine. We've got White Guillermo. We've got Mexican William, and we've got the iconic that can't be forgotten. <laughs> Squ- Squirt Man. Yes, Squirt Man. There you go. Ooh, yeah. Mix Even that, when uh... you were answering the question, you didn't I say said the Squirt one Man first. I said you didn't remember Squirt Man? Bookkeeper? Roll the tape, okay. <laughs> you struck you struck squint, not squirt. <laughs> yeah, I did not remember all those. But that was a, none. a fun you remembered none of them. Fun scene. What happens if Daddy no golfy? Daddy gets angry. Or cranky. Daddy gets cranky. Daddy get cranky. What does Jason need for a Jacksonville carnival? Oh, this is one of my one of my questions. I'm looking up, so you know I'm not looking at my phone. I know you've got them written on a post-it on your ceiling. Uh, I, you you know my prep work. A bunch of I don't remember if he just says one, but he needs bounce houses, mm-hmm. ninja stars, mm-hmm. and what's going to happen whole with that? A lot of ambulances. Yes, good job. Mm-hmm. That was good. I, that was a fun line. I like that. What makes Michael's headaches go away? Saying Jason five times? Yes. Okay, what's the first yes. chocolate? Yes. What's the first chocolate? Gross. What's the first chocolate? Gross, yes. <laughs> gross, gross is what the first chocolate is. The first one was gross. I get, so, you know, students sometimes like give me like a Christmas gift and a lot of times because it's like, I don't know, a interesting relationship with your dance instructor, they don't like give me all the time, like they're not going to give me like a, a teddy bear with like a, cock sewn into it or something so they which is uh, what every boy wants for that's christmas. what every boy wants for christmas but sometimes they give me like chocolate the cock sewed into it is yeah it like it's inside it's you an rip it open and you're like oh this was a dildo the whole time <laughs> the whole time the real present was the dildo you gotta bang the bear to find out <laughs> it's like one of those dog toys that like the dog <laughs> rips the shit out of it and then there's a treat in the middle of it yeah. that's the steven equivalent of that Instead of like a peanut butter orb in the middle, it's it's a, it's, it's a hard dildo. It's a hard one. Molded directly after my own. It's got to be. That's why it's so hard to find in there. You really yeah. got to search. <laughs> um, but sometimes they give me chocolates, and there are some gross chocolates. They just That's have weird what the shit story inside was. of them. Yeah. 
Yeah. What's the gross chocolate? Like if you have a Whitman sampler in front of you, Mm -hmm. you just blindly grab, you take a bite. What's the worst thing that could be inside of that? I'm not a huge caramel guy. So if it's because of how like hard and chewy it is, yeah, yeah, and it just like fucks up every other piece of chocolate I eat. Neither of us are patient enough men to just like keep the caramel chocolate in your mouth and let it dissolve, which must be nice because you turn it into a treat for a long time. I feel like people Mm -hmm. that really love it, that's what they do. Like the frozen dog treat thing. How much? Ooh, yeah, do math for this one. How much did their chance of success fall Hmm. with Eleanor in charge? Did it fall to like nine point something percent? No. Okay. Did it fall to like <laughs> eleven point something percent? No, you're too high all the way around. Seven point something percent. It did fall to that, yes. Seven point three. I'm gonna repeat the question. How much did their chance of success <laughs> fall? So I need to do the with... difference. Fuck. Yeah. I should have brought out my whiteboard. Uh my mm-hmm. what's the smart Which means you have to get three three Superboard. things correct. Superboard, do the math for me. Uh, 2.3. <laughs> no, you're, you're actually, you're very close in the grand scheme of numbers. Thanks. In the grand scheme of numbers. <laughs> what is uh, it? It fell from a 9% to a 7.1, giving us a 1.9% success Fuck you. Difference. My last question for you is, what mm-hmm. was Tahani's breakup routine? Ooh, she would... Listen to Alanis Morissette at her friend Adele's house while drinking champagne? Yes. hey Let's see. Uh, what Fire off. on Eleanor is world class? Ash? I, Dad I, Ash? I, I, I see where your head's at there. We're no. looking for her bullshirt detector. Different scene. Oh, yes. Okay. What did Cheaty give up? What? What did Cheaty give up? I don't know. He gave up dead ass. Oh no! <laughs> Who has great writings on simulated realities? Jesus Christ, Stephen! Eight was enough. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we were looking for the dynamic trio uh, of Descartes, Moravec, and Zhuang Zhuo. Is that Chidi talking to Simone? I'll mm-hmm. be honest. There no, are that's seconds him talking of- to Eleanor. There are seconds of the at least the Chidi and Simone scene where I just kind of went comatose while they were sure, talking about yeah. philosophy. So, mm-hmm. How far did Eleanor make it into her juice cleanse? This is kind of a throwaway line. Two hours? You're really close. Three hours. She made it three hours, yeah. Into a two-week um, juice mm-hmm. cleanse. And then my last question, Zach. This one does have a right answer. Would <laughs> you they rather... All? <laughs> Bang a hot blonde Wiley Coyote or an absolutely fucking shredded Roadrunner? Hot blonde Wiley Coyote. Yeah, easy choice, right? Roadrunner's yeah. not a very generous lover. Wiley Coyote will take the time. Yeah. Blonde or not? That's your questions? Yeah. Okay, well then now we can talk about the episode. I like Wiley Coyote's slender build. I feel like he's kind of a stringy guy. Yeah, I like a little hair. I'm not. I'm not mm-hmm. afraid of a little hair. I yeah. like someone I like who might be plotting to murder me cartoonishly during. That's great. Mm-hmm. He's a hungry boy. <laughs> I really like this episode of The Good Place. I think it works pretty well as a standalone episode, and I think it manages to do a lot of great things in it while finding like the time 
to do all yeah. of these things. I really like how the first part of the episode gives us the Brent story and we move the new experiment forward. I really like how the episode takes a lot of time for Michael and Eleanor to have a conversation about what's going on with the main mm -hmm. core crew dynamics that are separate from the new experiment. I really like that. And then I love how the episode has time to give us the Chidi and Simone plotline at the end of the episode. I think there's two episodes worth of material in this part two episode, which I think makes it sing a lot more than the first part did, which was perfectly fine on its own. Absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. I think that we talked a month ago about why they made this a two-parter and, and that maybe they didn't really need to. But I think part of the reason they did is so that they can set up everything that we get resolved in this episode you know we yeah. get the janet jason we get the simone mm -hmm. chidi we get the eleanor michael we get the brent being a, a douche still uh the only person we really don't get anything for is john but i think that's why they introduced him at the end of last season yeah. was so that we could take these really three episodes to set up what this next chunk of the season is going to be and i think that it's, totally. it's really well done and it really is is really presented in a like you said, a well-paced and everyone gets their kind of fair time. It really uh, is well-paced. Nothing mm -hmm. feels rushed and some things feel given more time to breathe. Like I, yeah. the highlight for me in this entire episode is that scene between Michael and Eleanor that just the first time I watched this episode for this a month ago, I just mm -hmm. had that realization of, wow, you fucking put... Kristen Bell and Ted Danson on a couch together and let them talk for a whole act of an episode. Yeah. And it's going to be great every time, whether it's uh, Eleanor getting all her memories back last season or this mm -hmm. episode where Michael gives her yet another pep talk. They've done this scene so many times and it still manages to be impactful every single time. I really love their performances in this episode. And Kristen yeah. Bell in these first two episodes is giving such a wonderful performance and they're finding a deeper layer to this Eleanor character in the final season of the show, which I really appreciate. Yeah, super kick-ass. Kick-ass. The episode starts off with the gang discussing what the bad place just did. They're in Mindy's house talking about how they brought a demon in last week for part one and how tricky that was. So Michael tosses the Linda picture off of the board, and we're going to put Chidi, who's now the fourth human, on the good side because we know a ton about him. I love that Chidi's photo... In the four photos, it's like him mid-sentence, his mouth is open, like he's in the <laughs> middle of saying something. And I think that's really funny that it's a not very flattering picture of him. Mm -hmm. So good news, it really right? Is, they can pick any any picture theoretically. They, picked, they just were like, hey, what's Chidi doing right now? Snapshot it, here's the picture. <laughs> they ask Eleanor, isn't this good news? You know, we've got Chidi so figured out. And Eleanor at this point says, Yeah, even though you know, she has to surveil her ex and not in the usual way that she used to when she was alive, that that part's going to be tough for her. So in the meantime, she wants to focus on figuring out Brent, who was born on third base and thinks he invented baseball. The third base thing. I don't know. Do you think like there's it. some like sexual ploy to the born on third base because That's he came out hoping. of a vagina, which is third base, right? Maybe. Vagina's third base, right? Yeah. Or his belly button. Depends on who you ask. I'm I'm a belly button boy myself, but yeah, I don't know. I just, that's one of the two lines in this episode I can do without. Is the other one, uh, you'll mention it when we get to yeah, it, I'm sure. Later. Mm -hmm. I really like, and when this episode first came out in 2019, 
I don't think I or the world as a whole was quite ready to laugh at guys like Brent yet mm -hmm. because we were in the throes of Donald Trump actually being about being to be that? our president. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I love the lines now, watching it a few years later when Eleanor's like, oh, these guys, they think the world revolves around them, which it kind of does because it yeah. kind of does. And now in 2024, I almost said 2023, now in 2024... Mm -hmm. This rings true because at the time it did and it was hard to laugh at that. And now it's a little bit easier to laugh at it as Trump is, you know, being barred from ballots in different states. Yeah, right? in different states, which is yeah. very funny. We're ready to laugh at guys like Brent again. Mm -hmm. Brent would definitely live in a mojo dojo casa house. Casa house, totally. Mm -hmm. So they've decided that what they need to do to help move the dial with Brent is to get him to listen to someone else, to hear someone else's story so he can second guess himself and realize mm -hmm. that his story is nothing compared to all of the great people around him. And Eleanor says, also, bonus, maybe he cries like a stupid little baby. And that's what cuts <laughs> to the theme song. He doesn't cry like a stupid little baby. That would have been nice to see. Yeah, I, I like that, you know, I think it's telling that Eleanor's trying stuff throughout this episode on mm -hmm. Brent that they did to her yeah that were specifically to torture her and and she sees you know i think a worse reflection of how she used to be in Absolutely. him and i think there are a lot of parallels that that get the drawn two between so the two different, of them but mm -hmm. it is clear that brent is the one that's here to torture eleanor because yeah. he is the worst in a different way <laughs> but just like eleanor was the worst was when we the first worst met. one of the big things in this episode is this like late night talk show style interview thing that Eleanor has mm -hmm. and it's a set and it's called that was your life the that yeah. was your life logo like features really prominently in the branding for season four even though it's only in this episode oh, really? as far as I know yeah I think the DVD cover has the sign that that was your life sign oh, that's on it. cool so it's this like late night talk show and I love both how in this moment we see it being filmed in like the orientation stage and people watching it not filmed I guess but you know what I'm saying this yeah talk show style and then later on in the episode, I love how we get the demolished set as like a backdrop for part of the episode. Mm -hmm. So we're on the set of That Was Your Life. We meet Wanda. She's in the middle of talking. That's why there are still ducks. I saved all the ducks. <laughs> and from her, we move on to Chidi in this scene, who he's so cute in this episode. The way he keeps turning to her and being like, all of all the, ducks? the ducks? He like starts talking like, yeah, I did this. I did some good stuff. But, but wait, every single duck? He's like, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I don't really like to brag, but also horses. <laughs> I fucking love that. Because Chidi's a good guy, this makes him feel inadequate. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. Brent, who is supposed to feel inadequate because of all of this, just like checks his watch, waits for his turn. We cut away for a second for Jason, who's asking Michael a question as Michael's watching what's going on on stage. He's trying to brainstorm how he can be a better partner for Janet. We know where this is going. It's sad. It is. Mm -hmm. We see this in real life. People that know their relationship is about to end can't admit it, don't want it to end. So they're really yeah. scrambling to make a last second push to turn this thing around. Mm-hmm. Have you been in that situation before where you felt the end was coming and you're trying to make up for I've it? I've been on the Janet end of it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've been all the way on the Jason end. I think you have a little bit. 
This can be, I feel like with the, because I watched it happen, I feel like with mm-hmm. the, the person you dated that was significantly older than you. I remember the period of oh, time after, fair. after that where yeah. you were like, I'm still trying to get in there. I know like now it's years yeah. apart. But, no, yeah. I guess because I was trying to remember how that all ended. But I guess, yeah, I was, I was still on the, we can do it. But I think we were more the people that like simped really hard after the breakup and that unattainable, mm-hmm. let's make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. You feel for Jason. You know what Janet's going through. You know why she ends up doing what she does. But Jason loves her and he's so sweet and he's so brainless when it comes to some mm-hmm. of his problems. So he's asking Michael for help. He's trying to be better and he's trying to be low key, make Janet feel better. And his first idea is to create total unpredictable chaos with a hundred <laughs> Janet babies in a flash mob. Great idea, right? Jason, 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 Jason. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I put a little cheat code in the neighborhood where if I say your name five times, my headache goes away. <laughs> Jason is so funny when he reacts to things. He just goes, mm-hmm. To the five Jasons, like, yeah. (laughs) He tells Jason, Michael has a lot of great lines in this episode, reframing how he tortured the four humans and how it comments on what they're going through right now. He says, do you know why I had you as a monk originally? It's not because, he asked, is it because of Monk the TV show? No, not Tony (laughs) Shalhoub related. It's because Jason has no impulse control and he will go to the shiny thing. He will tell the secret. He can't help but do it. So Michael thought making him silent would both torture him and maybe keep his mouth shut a little bit longer than it would have Mm -hmm. otherwise. And then Michael smartly gives him the advice to give Janet a little space. Which is great advice from Michael if this were like three days ago. I think it would have helped quite a bit. (laughs) So you're saying wanting to do something isn't a good reason to immediately do it. (laughs) Man, I wish someone had taught me this on Earth. People try. Mostly judges. (laughs) Mostly judges. Tahani steps in to let them know it's showtime. It's time for Brent to have the spotlight, and Michael can't miss this. The spotlight is on Brent. He's talking to Eleanor about his life, how he grew up in Chicago, suburb, obviously. (laughs) Obviously. And that, you know, he worked hard in life. He earned his spot in Princeton like his father and his father's father. That's such a funny line that if you Mm -hmm. are someone like Brent watching this show— you wouldn't quite get that that's a total that's own a on someone. Exactly. You'd be like, well, yeah, me too. I worked hard for the spot yeah. that my, my father earned for me in the right? library named after him. <laughs> and then he worked hard, right? He inherited the family business and over 18 years grew from a $91 billion company to a $94 million company. It's really funny. He's getting thirsty talking about mm-hmm. how great he is. So, Janet, hey. Perrier. <laughs> and she awkwardly <laughs> pops up and hands him over one. I feel like they cut to Chidi's face there and his like reaction is just so surprised and shocked. Eleanor's trying to turn this around and asks him a time when things didn't come easily for him. And his only thought, the only regret he has is that he didn't sell his Netflix stock that he got really cheap before he died because now all of that money has to go to his dumb kid. <sighs> You Which I, I kind of relate to a little bit. If I died and I knew I had millions that I could have had in life, I'd be glad it went to my kid, but I would have been more glad if I got to enjoy got to the fruit it. of my labor. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that kid and get his own millions. 
he starts trying to give like a TED talk and says, in the words of Martin Luther King Jr., who I think is a great guy, by the way, <laughs> let the record show. When life knocks you on your butt, you jump back up and start throwing haymakers. No, I don't Do you know think what a haymaker said... is. No clue. Is it another sports thing? Yeah. A haymaker is like a Baseball? really, really like hard. No, it's a punch. It's like when you like just take a big swing and you're putting everything into it. I don't think he said that. No, he did. You're wrong. He did. You're wrong. <laughs> oh, he's learned throughout his life to be all about taking personal responsibility there. I think Brent's really funny. I get kind yeah, of I like a character like the Adam Scott character, Trevor, why people yeah. might hate him, but I kind of find him funny anyway. I'm See, able to I laugh think at Brent, Brent is funnier to me than uh, Trevor is. And I think Trevor's funny. I might agree. But I, I like watching Brent more because it's so clearly like he thinks he's good. And that's what makes it. It's almost but he's so clearly painful bad. to laugh at. Yeah, but that's why I'm saying in 2019, it was a little too soon. Yeah. But now in 2024, it's really easy to laugh at these mm -hmm. people. Everything like post January 6th. All yeah. of these people just became hilarious Jokes. to me again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Trevor thing, though, that sticks with me, uh, there's a line that Trevor says that I think about all the time. When I'm eating food, I think of Trevor saying, that's going to make a primo dump later all the time. <laughs> Brent has learned to be all about taking personal responsibility and has a really funny line that Eleanor follows up with a really funny line. Not enough people do that. And if you ask me, that's what's wrong with this country. What country? <laughs> He's dead in the afterlife, still like complaining about American politics. Well, anyway, he's got to run. He's got a tea time. Daddy no golfy. Daddy get cranky. So he says goodbye to Chad and Duck Lady and then <laughs> leaves to the applause of the NPC Janet baby audience who just react the same no matter yeah. what happens. All of a sudden, a big black car. What would you call that vehicle? Is that like a... Was it a Suburban or like an Escalade Escalade was going to be mm -hmm. my guess. A big black Escalade pulls up. It's like, oh, that's my ride. And Eleanor and a everyone BBE. is kind of like surprised that there's a car that's there to pick him up. <laughs> Eleanor's like, he, he called a car? Well, because we haven't seen a car in, in yeah. the good place at all. <laughs> yeah. That's his Very ride. Funny. He can like, he has all the time in the world, but he still wants to hire somebody to drive mm. him from point A to point B, even when there is no point B. <laughs> <laughs> They've got to go back to the drawing board. Eleanor says they're going to bust him open like a pinata, but Michael points out that, you know, we try stuff like that in the bad place. The goo doesn't taste like candy like you'd think it might, <laughs> which gives Eleanor a bad place idea, gives us what you're talking about, Eleanor recreating something that happened to her. Mm. We cue 25 or 6 to 4, and we get Great Brent's use. chaos sequence. It was a good mm -hmm. needle drop, didn't you think? Yeah. Love that song. Michael at first is apprehensive. He doesn't know if this is the right move, but Eleanor says, no, we're doing this. This is the thing to do. Let's do it tomorrow. Why do you think Michael thinks it's not the best move? I think Michael realizes that Eleanor and Brett, yes, are opposites, and so things that might have worked on Eleanor might work on Brett. That's a good point because, because it doesn't guy. work. But I think he knows that they're not the same. I think he knows that Brett is so delusional. Brent, I believe. Brent. Brent. Yeah, yeah, I keep calling him Brett. Same asshole name. Right? That Brent is so delusional that he's not ever going to see the wrong in what he's doing. So Brent's chaos sequence goes forward, and it includes a Princeton mascot kaiju, which I thought was really <laughs> funny. Yeah. There's nice Perrier rain over a stormy cloud. What do you say? Nice use of kaiju. Kaiju. It is a kaiju, right? Big monster. Mm -hmm. Big costumed yeah. 
mascot looking monster. That's a kaiju. <laughs> the Perrier rain, just one cloud on him. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that Perrier? The flying <laughs> golf balls. I really love the shot. I think this is really smart. Just a little shot of Simone sipping a latte. Yeah. That's a great show not tell reminding the audience that Simone thinks none of this is real so that she thinks this is just, oh, cool, another thing my brain made up. This is so yeah. fun. Which of all the things that have happened is the most, oh, my brain is making this up because I'm Absolutely. in a state of dying thing. Yeah, she's so self-assured <laughs> I've by never this. done DMT, but I'm pretty sure that you see exactly that. You see that. The, the Princeton kaiju. <laughs> the Princeton, you do exactly. DMT. There's also a, an Escalade stampede, which I thought was a good visual, just mm-hmm. rolling all over the place. Yeah. So Brent runs up to address Eleanor. Eleanor thinks this is going to be his Eleanor moment, and it starts off that way. It's like they they act like they don't know what it is, like Michael would. And he's yeah. like, I do. I know what it is. This is the universe telling me I don't belong here. Yes, ka-ching, jackpot. Mm-hmm. I belong somewhere better. <laughs> <laughs> this place sucks. Obviously, there's a place better than this, and that's where I belong. I belong in the best place. And you're <laughs> right. That is why Michael said maybe this won't work. They look mm-hmm. they, and they stare speechless, but I think Michael had an idea that maybe this type of thing could possibly happen. Mm-hmm. Brent says that he's been feeling this way for a while. You know, this place obviously can't be the cream of the crop. I mean, if this is heaven, then where are my guys? Where's Scotty and Schultze and Porcupine? Where's White Guillermo? And where is Mexican William? And what about Squirt Man? Well, he makes a good point. You know, what about Squirt Man? That their nickname is about their race. He would be that mm-hmm. type of guy that, like, yeah. oh, hey, Kimo Sabe, <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> He complains that Janet's uptight. He's not wear that she's not wearing any of the gifts that he's been getting her. Yikes. And they say, "Wait, are you making Janet make things that you then give to her as a gift?" Yeah, and she's not wearing any. <laughs> her no. Michael says that, and Eleanor says, "Yeah, you're doing the math right there, bud." <laughs> if this is the good place, he belongs in the best place. So he wishes them luck. Figure this out, guys. I'm gonna go, and he just heads off and leaves the chaos. Eleanor says, I'm going to go punch a wall with my head. I'll meet up with you later. (laughs) Classic white boy angry moment. Yeah. Were you ever a punch a hole in the wall, white boy angry man? Have you ever punched a hole in a wall? I have. I'll admit it. One time in my lesser days, not on purpose. Yeah. Well, it never is on purpose. You were like, Mm -hmm. were you like emotional or mad and you, you hit something and it just happened to break. Yeah. That's what I did. But too. I it's, also it's a shameful memory. Make fun of of white boys doing that. I so know. It's, so it's, doesn't it's that make it kind of me. one of your like darkest moments? It is. If I like, yeah. were gonna put top five lowest Steven moments, that'd be on there. I think I would too. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would put that on my top five lowest Steven moments. Too. Now, was yours a by yourself wall punch or was it an Adam Driver? Every day I wake up, I wish you were dead. Punch it was. Wall. It was closer to that, but the nice. Anger was directed at my own self-loathing mm-hmm. and not at my my partner. Yeah. This is a dark th- dark trade. <laughs> Why did I ask this question? I mean, no, I, I, did. I asked the question because I was in the room. I I was terrified. You started punching holes all around yeah. me. Uh, yeah, I punched a hole in a house of a family member that I was staying at, and I paid to have it fixed. And nice. uh, when they came home, I did not tell them that's how it happened, but I did tell mm-hmm. them that it happened and that I fixed it. Yeah, I think I said I was like moving a chair and it hit it. 
I think I said I got out of, I definitely said I got out of bed to go to the bathroom and tripped and fell and like caught myself with the wall. Nice. My raw power, my raw <laughs> stopping power shook the house to its foundation. Yep. Yep. So should we watch Abominable? How many is enough? <laughs> and have you ever a white boy punched a hole in a wall? Let us know in the comments below. <laughs> Smack that bell to get notified. Janet and Tahani call and Jason call a little meeting with Michael at Mindy's without Eleanor because Tahani wants to talk about Eleanor. Michael says, guys, come on. it's OK. I know. I know the problem. She's busy. She'll shower eventually. It's OK. <laughs> Janet says, it's not that. It's not not it's that. not that. <laughs> they suggest that they might need a new leader. They question Eleanor's decision making, you know, because she turns down the Chidi and Simone stuff. And she's not listening to anyone's suggestion. She's just going on and doing her own thing, creating the chaos sequence, even when Michael says maybe it's not the best idea. They've made just so little progress, and Eleanor's not a natural leader, so they think it's time to switch things up. Jason even says, Eleanor's dope, but she keeps screwing everything up, and that's my thing. And you wouldn't put me in charge. <laughs> Michael says, yeah, Jason, you know what? That's actually a pretty good point. Michael tells them, you know, think about what you're saying. And one of the others says change in leadership, just as Eleanor's mm -hmm. walking in. Tahani says that maybe they'll start thinking about a change in leadership. And Eleanor walks in and is like, oh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's pursue it. Jason tries to cover it up. It's a very Troy trying to cover up Jeff's fight. 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 <laughs> He tries to cover it up and just says exactly what he wasn't trying to say to save it. <laughs> He's like, saved it. Eleanor, she asks them to speak their mind, but she's doing it in that, like, kind of mom way. Of like, yeah. oh, yeah, tell me what you think. Tell me what you don't like about me. You know, yeah, do it. Fine. Whatever. I don't care. And Janet says very plainly, it's not personal, but at the start of the experiment, like you called out in your trivia, they were at a 9% chance of success. And now it's 7.1%. She's pooching it. Mm -hmm. And like, here's the thing. I th I get why they're upset because Eleanor is letting herself be kind of blinded a little bit. But also, they're not doing a fucking thing other than Janet. So I kind of get Eleanor's point, too, that, you know, they should come with ideas if they're going to yeah. bring her down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Eleanor's feedback here. My my feedback is that you're all ungrateful ash faces who can shove your fat grumps all the way up their snort box. And then Kristen delivers this segment here when she's like, I didn't ask for this. I'm only doing it because Michael, who is supposed to be in charge, had a nervous breakdown the second it started. But maybe you can do it better than me. Tahani can be in charge since she's so smart. Or better yet, Jason, maybe all of humanity can be saved with one good old fashioned Jacksonville carnival. I mean, we could try. All I need is a bouncy house, some ninja stars, and a bunch of ambulances. That sounds like a fun-ass party. I agree. I don't think the bouncy house lasts two minutes. <laughs> Not a chance. I think that's why it gets so rough, is because the ninja stars keep flowing, but the bouncy house is The house collapsed. is flat early. Yeah. I think Eleanor delivers that so well. I didn't ask any mm -hmm. of this. Kristen Bell's finding new emotional potential in this yeah. character where I feel like she's going to a new level of like conveying things in mm -hmm. her speech in this episode. And that's the first moment of that. Good luck, fork faces. I quit. And she shells drops out. Cut to one of my favorite sequences in the episode. Michael steps up to Eleanor, who's sitting on a couch outside in the destroyed That Was Your Life set to talk to Eleanor. He starts with the, well, back to work. Let's get back at it. But Eleanor is serious. She's quitting. 
So Michael does what Michael often does and is able to deliver an excellent speech to talk Eleanor up and to get mm -hmm. her back on the team. I like the way that he says, I'm sorry you overheard that, and they're sorry they said it. But you don't just get to quit this, Eleanor. This is not your seventh grade band or three hours into a two-week juice cleanse. A little more at stake here. Yeah, man, that's why I'm quitting. The things that are happening here are above my pay grade. How do I get Brent to stop being such a deckhead? How do I fix Simone when she's convinced all of this is happening inside of her brain? Ooh, maybe I should drive her into the arms of my ex-boyfriend. That sounds fun. What do I do about John the Gossip King or the demon spy who punched me in the face? And how do I do it all with a pleasant smile to keep everyone's spirits up? I'm not meant for this. She's supposed to have a pleasant smile while she does it. She's not meant for this. She's not the savior. She's... Just a girl from Arizona. Girl Part from Arizona, two. baby. She said the thing. She said the thing. She said the thing. She's a junk food person. She watches reality shows. She leaves H&M with more underwear on than she came in with. <laughs> she's bad at taking charge of herself. And now she's in charge of everyone. <laughs> One of my favorite Kristen deliveries here, as I really do think she's taking her performance to the next level, the conviction she says her, I cannot do this. And she says, she delivers just that line yeah. in such a true human way. It doesn't feel like acting at all. It feels like someone truly at their point of no return of like, I, I can't, I'm stepping away from this. This is too hard. And the way well, that she, I, I cannot do this. I love There's it. something really relatable about how hard it is when you like have tried something several times and like giving up doesn't feel as bad when it's two hours into a three-week cleanse, right? That's yeah. or three hours into a two-week cleanse. That's because you haven't invested anything, but she's invested. Or giving up on your <laughs> New yeah, Year's resolution you know? a week into the year. Exactly. But when you've invested your entire afterlife into this and there's so much on the line, it's really hard to give up. And for her to say like, I can't do this. Eleanor, who's one of the most at least out loud, confident people in the show, excluding, of course, our good friend Brent. <laughs> she, for a lot of the show, was very outwardly confident, even in this episode. Well, Dead Ash, hot blonde, wily coyote. You know, she's very confident, but she's saying, I can't do this. I'm not enough. I'm not special. All of us as humans are so capable of these like really weak, vulnerable, punch a hole in the wall mm -hmm. moments. It's what makes us human. And it doesn't matter how confident you are or how uh, self-assured you are. There is a moment when you're like, I can't do this, whether that takes you to extreme darkness or if it takes you to like quitting a job. Eleanor has this moment here and Michael is such a good companion to be able to show her in a way that only he can why there needs to be a human touch to figuring out what to do with the afterlife. Mm -hmm. You think you can't do this? Eleanor, you're the only one who can do this. Like it or not, the only one who can save humanity is a girl from Arizona part two. But Eleanor in this moment, she can only see herself as a bumbling, hot, blonde, wily E. Coyote. Wild E. Coyote. And I love Michael's delivery of, that's true. The thing about mistakes, not the sexualizing a cartoon. What humans There's nothing do, wrong with sexualizing a cartoon. 
humans fail all of us fail over and over and over again and for some reason we keep trying to do the thing we keep sisyphus pushing the the boulder up the hill Mm -hmm. and we keep trying even though we know it's going to fall back and crush us we keep trying and we even know that what we're working towards isn't going to happen while we're alive you know all of the political action we're trying to take the climate action that we're trying to take we're not going to get to live to see the fruit of some of those labors but yet we continue to push the ball up the hill because that's what humans do you know because maybe a thousand and one is the time that will work so he leaves michael leaves to let eleanor think because he's going to come up with his 1000 and first idea and hopes i love this i hope you join us i hope you shower first and then i hope you join us (laughs) This scene between the two of them, just, I don't think a bunch of Emmys went around for The Good Place, but yeah. Jesus Christ, is there anyone better at delivering an emotional sitcom acting moment on a traditional sitcom-ish in 2019 than Ted Danson and Kristen Bell? Yeah. What a power duo for a show to have, and what a great thing this episode does to slow everything down for a moment to really get to the emotional core of what Eleanor is going through and all this craziness and have these two friends like debate the two sides of it I think it's just excellent I do too I I'm like that Eleanor gives pushback I think one thing that this episode shows is that Eleanor has ground to stand on now she's mm-hmm. not this bad place person who thinks they're in the good place and is you know still fixing herself she's the one doing the fixing for other people now yeah and she at least deserves a little bit more respect from her friends because she's the one who's in who's got all this on their shoulders i think everyone can relate to being the one that really supports friends and not feeling Mm -hmm. like it's respected or appreciated or even noticed yeah and then you get like shat on over different stuff Yeah, Yeah. that's what Eleanor's going through here. Eleanor does come back. She steps back into the room to a warm response and an apology from Tahani, who says, I'm sorry I questioned you. And Eleanor says, you know what? It's okay. I've been questioning myself too, which is a big thing of her to say. It's a really nice moment. I really like that. And she's back. She's got an idea for Brent. They're going to tell him he's right. I love this. (laughs) The idea... Brent, he's having lobster. Uh, He's sitting down (laughs) having lobster. And Michael and Eleanor, I love this idea. I love this a lot, actually. They walk up to Brent, real confidential. Hey, we got to tell you something, but it's on the download. (laughs) You're right. There is a best place. And this whole thing is a competition. And only the best people (laughs) get to go to the best place. That's where Squirt Man is. So if you want to get to Squirt Man, you've got to be the best. You've got to be the very best. I think it's really clever. Eleanor refers to it as a diamond VIP elite club of afterlife citizens. A very small group of the most moral will go. And he's like, hey, I, I was diamond elite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a good deeds contest. That's easy. I'm going to crush this. He promises to keep the secret. You know, why tip anyone off? And he makes the biggest possible deal out of picking up someone's fork. Oh, I think you dropped this. Here's your <laughs> fork. Did you guys see that? Yeah, you're good. We got, he says, do I need to write this down and keep track of it? Or are you, no, we, we got it, Brent. I think it works really well. We'll get back to that too. in a second. First we get, you know, just this episode only has the second of, of Jason talking to Michael. And then mm-hmm. it drops the bomb just as things are starting to look up for Eleanor and the gang after that dark moment. It's about to get darker for Jason. Well, and it's kind of funny because as we've been talking through, I've kind of been waiting for this scene. I forgot how far into the episode it actually happens because it's such a 
I don't know, a scene that carries a lot of weight behind it. And and they accomplish it in a short amount of actual screen time. I think they build up to it so well. As we're talking about Jason being the guy that we've been that doesn't want the relationship end, but you know that it's coming. We haven't forgotten that this is coming, but like yeah. Jason, we've been compartmentalizing it and putting it in the back and hoping that it works itself out, but you mm-hmm. can't hide from it. Janet pops in to talk to Jason. Jason's so happy to see her. He talks about, I wanted to get you something. I didn't know what. I got you chocolates, but since you can't taste them, I ate them and I'm going <laughs> to describe them to you. The first one was gross. It's so sweet. <laughs> and it's so, oh man, it makes you sad because yeah. Janet interrupts that to speak her piece. Look. I'm overwhelmed. I need some space. I need more space. Jason Mm -hmm. takes one step back. Okay, here's some space. (laughs) You know, so much of us are cowards when it comes to breaking up with people, but Mm -hmm. because Janet is a Janet, she does it in the way that really we should all do it. She says, I'm sorry, we can't be together. Being with Mm -hmm. you is fun, but it's not easy. And there's more going on for me right now. And us being together might endanger that. And then Jason's little, it won't though. When she says it that might endanger the breaks experiment. breaks my fucking heart. It won't, though. And then met with Jason, it already has. Yeah. Because of what happened in part one with Derek. It mm-hmm. is, and it will. So Janet says, look, we need to take a break. I think that's her only mistake. I think it's always bad when you're... Because this is a breakup. Yeah. So to throw in the hope, I think it's a bad move. Even though they do get back together and there should yeah. be hope, the hope should come later, not I've during the breakup. I've definitely been guilty of... Of doing that. Yes. And I've been on the other end of saying, oh, well, why don't we just take a break and see, you know, like it's it's never a good idea. <laughs> well, it's not for Janet, but I feel like for yeah. us and a lot of people, it's that insecurity of like, well, what if yeah. I end this and there's no one there for me on the other side? So I'm just going to dangle this person along. I think it's because you along. care about the person and no, it mine's just dangling. It's bit. never caring. It's just dangling. <laughs> You're just dangling. Just dangling. Got to keep a worm on the hook. Oh, and then it's funny, but there's a harder news. Janet, like <laughs> the whole breakup, she's looking at him in the eye. But for this, she takes a few steps away and doesn't look at him and says, okay. Brilliant. Also, I hate to pile on, but I feel like you have a right to know. The Jacksonville Jaguars cut Blake Bortles. He's not on the team anymore. I am genuinely sorry. That was a hard day for all of us. And then she pops away and Jason just has to sit in this. And it's so sad. Mm -hmm. Someone who's so up and positive all the time just got like his two big loves taken away from him at the same time. I think Janet handled it the right way. Like you Mm -hmm. shouldn't just string someone along if you know it's time for it to end. But you can't help but just feel real bad for Jason. Mm Mm-hmm. Cut back to the good deed competition that Brent's taking place in. He's holding the door open for people. Enjoy your yogurt, he says to people as they walk <laughs> into the door. Michael has a good point. He's not sure that this is going to work for Brent because his motivation is bad. He's just doing it to get something. But that's what Eleanor did, is what she yeah. says. This is how they're similar. Eleanor started as just doing good things to not be called out as a fraud. And they have to hope that Brent will switch to doing good out of habit. And Michael mm-hmm. says, just like you. Another sweet moment between the two of them. This is a beat that I think is unnecessary. This is probably the same thing that I thought probably. was the other thing I could do without. Or at least if they were going to do that, I don't think they needed to do this. No, If they were not going even to do bit. it, I think they could have set it up differently. Because mm-hmm. Eleanor just out of the blue says, I just realized something because of your speech you gave. 
You didn't really have a nervous breakdown. You did it to get me to step up and take over. Michael chuckles and says, guilty. Yeah, that's stupid. I think it would have been slightly funnier. Not very funny, but it would have been a little funnier if Michael was like, no, that was absolutely real. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not like we haven't seen Michael have real meltdown and emotional breakdowns. It's not like that was something that didn't track for his character. Yeah, I don't know why they... I don't know what does because what benefit other than maybe a little bit more confidence does Eleanor get from Michael doing this on purpose? I'd be fucking pissed. (laughs) When I watched this episode with Lil the first time, I brought up the same thing while we were watching it where I was like, I don't this was this episode was really, really good. And Mm -hmm. that beat kind of took me out of it for a second. I don't think I really needed this. Lil's observation that I thought made it just a little bit better is Michael saying guilty is bullshit. Yes. That he That's he's like, point. yeah, you're right. I totally held it together. Guilty. No, he didn't. It That's wasn't point, a master Zach. plan. I don't think it's supposed to you make don't... it seem like he did. He's like making very obvious faces the whole time. Eleanor believes that though. Eleanor does, but Michael knows that that's not true. Well, then I do think if that is the bit that it's a weird bit that could have sang a little better if they cemented it a little more. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't like it at all. I think it would have been better if Michael just was honest and was like, yeah, no, that was no, real. No, I fucked up. Because I think it's, I don't know. I don't. he did. And because he's Ted expecting Danson's a honest... great actor, but he's like yeah. kind of making hammy faces like. You know, uh, I don't know. I don't think it's necessary at all. But compared to some of the episodes in season three where we had points like this, I don't have hardly any problems with like this I said, episode. There's two lines this whole Very episode small that I yeah. could do. It does not ruin the episode the for me at all. One. It does kind of ruin that freak out a little, and I don't think yeah. they needed to do that. But it's such a small moment that like when I go back and watch that freak out again, I'll have forgotten that this happens. And then mm-hmm. later on down the line I'll watch this and be like, oh yeah, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Eleanor says, You're very clever. You're clever. But I've got to move on to something. I've got an idea. This is gonna hurt real bad. We've got to deal with Simone and Cheaty. And She's trying to stall, and she starts talking about Emma Stone. Why does she start talking about Emma Stone? Well, she talks about Emma Stone, I thought, a lot earlier. when In the Girl from Arizona speech, uh-huh. she's like, pick someone else from Arizona. Emma Stone, like, she's great. I think that is this moment. I think I just is didn't take as much. Because mm. she says, what about Emma Stone? She's from there. Zombieland, La La Land. Oh, because she's stalling. And with land. Quit stalling. She is stalling, and she leaves. A really nice moment between Tahani and Jason. Sometimes mm-hmm. you forget the sweet connection that these characters have that has been romantic in the past. Tahani comes to comfort Jason. Jason says really plainly, Janet was my whole afterlife, and I don't know how to get over her. So Tahani shares some advice in her breakup routine and how it's not going to help you, but this is what I did. I listened to Alanis with Adele, and we had champagne. <laughs> Jason, though, he's not like that. His routine is drinking a ton of Mountain Dew, riding a stolen ATV through a Panda Express. But the sad thing about that joke that he points out, he can't do that or anything here without Janet, without seeing Janet, without asking her for help. It's not just like you can block your ex on Facebook and not have to yeah. see pictures of them anymore. Your ex is Facebook. Exactly. <laughs> This scene doesn't really add up to a lot. I just think it's an important emotional scene that we see a moment of Tahani saying, look, I don't know what to tell you in a situation like this. I can't help you. But what I can give you is that you're not alone. You're with friends and we care about you and we'll get through it. And their hug is really sweet. 
And Jason says, and I didn't even get to tell you about the Blake Bortles part. <laughs> this episode paces itself so well because we've still got time for one little aside yet, mm-hmm. another storyline. Chidi's been awfully quiet this episode. And it's because we're we're setting up to the end of this episode where Eleanor has to put herself aside and let Chidi and Simone come together. Lil and I just started watching Barry from the beginning again. Uh, nice. Darcy Carden is in the drama, the acting class with Barry yeah. in that show. So is the actress that plays Simone. Really? I forgot they're that. They're both in the acting class. That's At awesome. least in the first episode. Eleanor tells Chidi as they're sitting down across from each other, hey, do you remember that Simone girl? Oh, the third-eyed blind super fan who walked around <laughs> cutting off people's ponytails? Yeah, I remember her. Eleanor comes to Chidi saying, you know, we need help acclimating her. We got to figure this out. And uh, I got to tell you something. Look, you might have more luck than me because you're soulmates. <laughs> and Chidi, whoa. Like our souls are, yeah, mates. Eleanor explains that there's a system and that everyone has a soulmate and how he is bound to Simone's soul and how she can say that because of the system with this utmost certainty, which just blows Chidi's mind. Yeah. And Eleanor also confides that she hasn't told Simone this. She wasn't going to tell Chidi, but since she's struggling so much, or as Eleanor calls it, cuckoo banana pants, Mm -hmm. she thought that Chidi should know about this. It's so bittersweet. Chidi is like, oh, oh. I have a stomach ache, but like a happy one. And we don't know if we want him to have a happy stomach ache about I this know, or I not. I know, I feel so conflicted because like normally if Chidi said that, I'd be like, oh, that's so sweet, yay, Chidi. But now I'm like, no, Chidi, don't feel love for anyone other than Eleanor. But also I love Simone. And he instantly goes down the path of, okay, well, what do I do? What do I teach her about? What what do I summon? Can I summon a book from my home <laughs> right here about the simulation theory? And he does the pose and nothing comes with a great payoff in a few lines yeah. that you for just enough time for you to forget about mm-hmm. it so the joke lands this is incredible I, I i spent my whole life in pursuit of fundamental truths about the universe but i never actually fell in love with someone i know oh right of course yeah <laughs> you know everything about me i do indeed <laughs> oh rip it out of my chest she gives a pain smile we're stuck in Eleanor's solemn feelings about this as a book comes and hits Chidi <laughs> square in the head. Like hard. So good. That's two moments that are sad that they end with something really funny. And I think that's mm-hmm. it's just really, really good writing. You have to be able to do that to be a really good sitcom. But they nail it twice back to back in this episode. And that's really impressive. And really more times. I think a lot of the Michael yeah. Eleanor stuff works that way, too. Mm-hmm. Chidi introduces himself to Simone at the yogurt shop. And mind if I sit here? Yeah, sure. Have a fake seat. Grab a fake yogurt. And this, like I said earlier, I do kind of go into, go comatose when they start talking philosophy <laughs> because they start throwing a lot of names and concepts around that I don't know. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. So Chidi tries to tell her that what she's living out is solecism. She thinks that no matter what, she's right. And Chidi is able to tell her that, like, I know why you think that. I know that there's basis to that, but that's juvenile. Mm -hmm. And he's able to tell her in a way that Eleanor and others can't because he can tell it to her in an academic way. He's educated. I think that's exactly what Simone needed to hear, is to hear this from someone educated like Chidi. Mm -hmm. So he proves this, that things are real or could be real by sticking a finger in her yogurt. Very cute. Dude. What? 
It's not real. None of this matters. Leave that on your nose for the rest of time. Fine. Point sort of taken. You know, in the larger sense, if you go around acting like no one else matters, then you end up doing things like knocking over cakes and pushing people into pools and just generally acting like a jerk. Why not treat them better, just in case they're real? I mean, what do you, what do you have to lose by treating people with kindness and respect? Okay. Keep talking. Probably fake, but maybe real philosopher man. It's uh, so cutting right to the heart of Simone in a way that other people can't, that only Chidi mm -hmm. can immediately. And Eleanor, you know, farther back is spying on them. And she kind of smiles. She feels self-assured. The plan's working. At least that is moving forward. Yeah. The final scene of this really great episode is Eleanor back at the helm, back as the leader, explaining to the group that now they've officially got three out of four people on the party hat side. They're starting to figure stuff out. Who says, is it Eleanor that says, is this what donating old bras to Goodwill feels like? Who yes. says that? Or is that Tahani? Eleanor says that. Tahani is being very emotionally mature in this episode and she is feeling for Eleanor and saying that it must be hard to lie to Chidi and Eleanor isn't really sure if this even is a lie because Chidi and Simone have fallen in love before and Chidi made a huge sacrifice for them so as hard as it is she has to make sure that that sacrifice was worth it. Michael who's such a good friend to Eleanor this whole episode says well in a way your sacrifice is bigger because Chidi's not aware of the sacrifice that he made even yeah. though Making the decision is a bigger sacrifice at the end of last season, but living out this life is nothing because he doesn't know any better. Mm -hmm. Eleanor has to be the one to watch this every day and live in the decision that Chidi made every single day, and that's really hard. I don't love that this episode that has a lot of emotionally resonant stuff ends with just a joke. Um, mm -hmm. After Michael makes that comment, Eleanor says, but we all know what he gave up dad ash up for a high five to jason who is too sad to high five come on don't leave me hanging that is the code and they high five i pretty much feel like every episode of the good place should end with some kind of well but not all is okay because this next thing is gonna happen you know yeah give and us I could three have used seconds a hint of something. john hmm. doing something or being rude or gossipy or i don't know i don't know but it's a really, really good episode, and I think mm -hmm. these two episodes kick off the season in a way that both gets us really interested and involved in the new experiment and shows us that focusing on that does not take any of the spotlight away from our four main humans and what they're going through in midst of all of this. I think it's yeah. a really great episode. I think the second half of the season premiere really sings, and it was totally. a good episode to come back to after not doing one for a month. Yeah, it was. I think this is a really good episode of the show, and it still doesn't feel like the last season to me yet. Like, it doesn't feel like the show is ending, which I'm glad about. I don't always mm -hmm. love when the last season feels like the last season, and right now it doesn't. So I, I'm so? excited to to see where these, these next few episodes go, kind of remembering where we end up. I don't necessarily remember all of the steps that get us there. So I'm I'm excited. Any other thoughts on this episode before we move into our last segment? My only two gripes were the Born on Those Third Base lines. and the and the Michael thing. Everything else I think is really good. I think this is really a, small. A really, really good small episode. Moments. Yeah. Great pacing, really impressive. Because I think one of our, our only complaints sometimes is that they didn't have time for everything, but they had more than enough somehow to Doesn't get all the stuff they like did. feel like there's like space to move yeah. around a little bit in this episode? It's it has nice. so much going on. It is nice. 
And it still feels like one episode instead of half yeah. of an episode. It's really totally. successful. It's really, really good. impressive. Great writing, great storyboarding from the team here. A great way to get back to the weekly grind of going through all the episodes of The Good Place. I'm really excited to be back at it. And next week, of course, we're going to be back with season four, episode three, Chillaxing, which Ooh. I don't remember what happens next. I don't. Not I'm excited all. to revisit these episodes again. But before we totally close the book on A Girl from Arizona Part 2, let's do our good place, bad place. Let's do it. First one of 2024. Yes, starting with the bad place, which I think is going to go to Brent, just because I don't have any other thoughts like people have complex decisions to make mm -hmm. but even eleanor quitting you get why the gang calling her out for not being yeah a good you leader. get it even though they don't come with good opinions of change i get why they're like saying something about it so i think i have to give it to brent because everything he does is horrible even when he's being good he's horrible bad he's hilarious but bad so it's brent yeah, honorable mention to the Jacksonville Jaguars because Blake Bortles took you to the AFC Championship game and you haven't been back since. All I'm going to say. But yeah, bad place to Brent. He's he's not not a great person at this point. So, yeah, you know, it kind of feels a little cheaty, like <laughs> cheaty. It feels <laughs> like a cheat Chad. in the same way that we don't want to give it to bad place people. But technically, mm -hmm. Brent is a human, not a bad place yeah, person. He's not a bad so place he's person. just as valid as anybody else's for the good place, bad place. But what about the good place? Who goes I have to the a, good I have a pretty concrete answer. I think I do too. I'd like to hear yours first while I submit yeah, one. I, I gave it to Eleanor this week. I think that Eleanor, even though she kind of gives up on herself, um, she steps up and has stepped up since the beginning. And I think mm -hmm. that her being able to put her own pride aside, which is her biggest issue, is her pride to mm -hmm. step aside and say, okay, for the good of humanity, I have to put Chidi and Simone together because I know that that's the only way this is going to work out. And I think that that took a lot from her. I think even being able to go back and face the group and stand up to them and say, hey, yeah, maybe I'm not doing a perfect job. I didn't ask for this, but I'm the one who stepped up. I think that takes a lot. And yes. I think that that's why I gave it to her this week. I think you have an argument for maybe Michael, maybe even I mean, Chidi has a sweet week, too. But I, I think, you know, Michael and, and Eleanor both have really good, good weeks. I will give an honorable mention to Eleanor, and I want to give a little honorable mention side action to Tahani, who mm -hmm. only has a little bit of screen time in this episode, but is so emotionally mature and there for her friends, other than when she's calling out Eleanor, but she's so yeah. nice and understanding to Jason and then to Eleanor at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. So I do want to give honorable mention to Tahani, but I am going to go with Michael this episode because I think we're back to this fully realized best evolution version of Michael. The way Ted Danson delivers all of his speeches and the way that Michael is able to get to the human core of all of this, he's grown and changed so much. And I don't think mm -hmm. Eleanor has the moments and the realizations she has in this episode without the guiding voice of Michael on the sure. broken set of This Was Your Life. I think Michael does get a slight edge for my good place this week. Mm -hmm. Well, you know I love a slight edge, Zach. Well, that's the podcast for this week. We've done it. We did it. We're going to close the book on A Girl from Arizona. And don't worry, we're not going away for a month again. We will be back next week to talk about chillaxing. Yeah, don't worry, Barbie. I'm not the Blues Brothers. But if you can't wait until then, there's plenty more Zach and Steven over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Listen to our That 70s Show rewatch The Basement. It's a really fun 
good time. If you think this show's like funny and loose as far as rewatch podcasts go, you should check out The Basement. It's a whole other thing. If you didn't listen to our Christmas special, you can get a little free taste of The Basement. Mm-hmm. So patreon.com slash podcast. Starting at $5 a month, the new year is a great time to support your favorite or maybe like in the list of your top 50 favorite uh, uh, small content creators. Hope so. Steven, where else can the people find us? You know, if you really want to daddy golfy with our tea time third base yes come on over and follow us on uh twitter and instagram over at time knife pod where you can get all up to the minute details we'll tell you what episode we're talking about so you can send us in questions yeah we will send us stuff tweet us post us dox us dox us please god dox me i want some friends show up at my door but dox zach first please he wants it more i have more skeletons in my closet follow us and yes, uh, also come over do. and see the search the name of the show on YouTube. See the see video my coffin companion. flop shirt. He's got a coffin flop shirt. It's I've really cool. Gooby He's got a Gooby. Introduced next week. We've got Bart hanging around too. He's got a Bart. I've got a Dharma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been really fun to get back into this. I've missed having my two hours with Steven every week. This has been really nice. It's been nice. I love you. I love you, buddy. Happy New Year. No, no. You're saying it, but I want you to hear... What I'm saying oh, wow. to you, mm-hmm. I want you to feel it. I want you to process yeah. it. Steven, okay. look at me in the digital uh-huh. eye. Yeah, I am. I love you. I love you too, buddy. No, you're Year. fucking it up. Steve, no. <laughs> I don't believe that for a goddamn second. Okay, well, let me, I let me, look at, let me try it again. I love you. Happy New Year. I love you. Happy now, New Year. Now say it and add sun to the end of it. Zach, my boy, my sweet son, seed of my loins, I love you and I'm proud of you. Happy New Year, my son. Steven, get us out of here because I got to go clean myself (laughs) up. (laughs) From inside the time knife, Black Lives Matter. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. And we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us and we hope you'll come back next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye! Yay! We did it! Sitting cross like on the floor!